Welcome to CIO Leadership Live Canada. I'm Lee Rennick, editor of CIO.com, and I'm very excited to welcome Alvin Chow, Chief Information Officer, Canada Computers and Electronics. Alvin, thank you so much for joining us today, and could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your current role? Thank you, Lee. Uh, first of all, thank you for hosting me on this call. It is definitely my pleasure here. My name is Alvin Chow. As mentioned earlier, I'm the CIO at uh, Canada Computers and Electronics, founded in 1991. Uh, we've initially focused on personal computers and components before expanding to the consumer electronics. Today, we're proud to be known our specialization in gaming components and equipments. Uh, we have about 40-ish stores across Canada and different provinces. And uh, not only we have a strong foothold on the B2C, but also we have a very strong on the B2B business as well. As a CIO, the, the privilege and responsibility overseeing all aspects of technology within the group of company, um, driving a lot of technology innovations, system modifications and digital transformation and so on and so forth. Um, I always not call myself a technologist. I always call myself a business technologist. So that's me. That is uh, really fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing and love. I'm lo looking forward to learning more about the B2B and the B2C and the business side of the business, which is going to be really great. I really appreciate you joining us here today, Alvin. So we have created this series to support the CIO and senior technology leader in their leadership and business journey. So first question, I ask everyone this question, can you please tell us a little bit about your own career path and provide some insights or tips on that road path? Are there any lessons learned that you could share? It's a lot of lessons and learning. <laughs> I've been in the industry about uh, close to 30 years. Yeah, it's like a long time. And uh, looking back, I have uh, three very critical pivot points uh, in my career. Um, it's going back all the way. So uh, back in the university time, I. I actually really, really wants to be a medical doctor or surgeon. That's my goal. So I was pursuing my the science and business and under in my undergrad. So going look, hoping that I will get into med school and become a surgeon one day. And didn't realize at the last year of my undergrad, uh, because of my student status at that point, I could not be able to get to medical yeah. school. So I was like, ouch, uh, it hurts. And uh, and you talk to myself, like, what's next? Like, what should I do next? What's what's close to my heart at that time? So I, I, I was like spending a good time and thinking about it. I think IT actually is going to be impact all businesses, all industries. So I decided to pursue my uh, IT uh, um, degree uh, after my undergrad. So my first job is actually a COBOL programmer. So if people remember what COBOL, the, the black and green dot things, and uh, yeah, that's how I start my journey. So I think the first lesson I learned for myself is we must be ready for pivot in our career. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's like within the professionals or industries or even within IT, there's a lot of opportunity uh, to, um, you know, to try things out. And you never know, it could be a great success after you move to the different role. So don't be shy to pivot. I think it's very important. That's number one throughout my 30 years, the lesson to learn. Uh, since then, I'd uh, move on to different industries and um, uh, different companies. I worked for Deloitte uh, Consulting Services, uh, Microsoft Consulting Services, and HP Consulting Services, uh, the Bay, TD Bank, and so on and so forth. Uh, as a programmer, architect, team lead, and so on and so forth. And, and it comes to a, a, a point that, should I stay in technical or should I stay in management? 
So, you know, you know, I can still code, I can still lead, I can still architect things, but it's a, what I want to do in next 10, 20 years. So it's an interesting thought and a lot of discussions with different, you know, um, mentor and people as well. So I decided, you know, to move on to management role. And uh, very luckily, um, I got a management role at Bell Canada as my first management role. Um, it was a fun journey. There's so much trial and error and, and of course, success as well. Um, before the Agile term was really popular at that time, we deployed using Agile principle to deploy the program uh, for five years successfully. Every two weeks, we have like deployments to deploy new features to the program. So it was very successful. But if you ask me what was the success secret source, you know, it's uh, I, what I have to say is I did not follow any of the bell processes. So that is uh, good or bad, I don't know. But uh, if you ask me, that's how we can move things fast and agile to deploy and meet the business need. And most important, the CTO at that time is very, very supportive. That's one of the key, you know, share great ideas within the team and uh, present to him. And he loved the idea and driving the business, getting the business result. So I think the major lesson learned for me at that is, you know, be bold and uh, believe in yourself and, and share great ideas. You know, but of course, you have to do your homework, making sure the idea is great and have the business value and so on and so forth. But be bold. A lot of uh, IT um, developer or team members, a lot of them are introverts. They have great ideas they didn't want to share. But, you know, I'm... I'm urging people to share the great ideas. Um, there are a lot of great ideas I've been hearing from my team in the past as well. So my journey continues at Carlson Marketing and AMIA as well. And then uh, one day, interesting enough, um, I received a phone call from my ex-boss and asked me to join a executive role uh, to support her. And, you know, great company, great boss. How can I say no? That's how I start my executive uh, career. Uh, for 10 years starting from there. So I work for Summing Travel Group and Quality Online Education Group is an ad tech company and also now Canada Computers. Yeah. So I learned so much in the last 10 years um, as being executives and um, there's never a dull moment, I can say. <laughs> I remember one day when I was at uh, uh, Quality Online Education Group, uh, the board, you know, have a board meeting, I was involved in and they're having a lot of discussions. And they asked me to take on a role, an interim role uh, for CEO to drive three initiatives. And I was like, wow, I'm just an IT guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing coming to my mind. <laughs> just an IT guy. How can I drive these as a CEO to drive the most you know, critical initiative for the company? And after a lot of discussion and support from the board, and I, I took on the role. So I, I was on the role. On top of the CIO being as interim CEO, uh, we have done two M&As, uplist the company in the US venture market, expand and uh, the product into another country in a year and a half. So honestly, it was fun. A lot of uh, support from the team. Uh, I never regret that decision. So, you know, but after that, my heart still is actually still in IT, so I'm still stay on the IT focus. So lesson I learned for that. Um, uh, there's never uh, a dull moment, but please start learning nonstop. Whether it's going to be a IT learning or actually business learning or anything, keep learning. 
Uh, that's my principle for the last 30 years. So I literally spent about eight years um, just learning about business. So spent time doing marketing courses, finance, uh, executive leadership management, and all that. Without that eight years background, I wasn't able to do my job as a CEO, interim CEO at mm -hmm. that time. And also not only that, it helps me to drive and uh, all the initiative when I'm working with the business. So I can speak their language, then I can understand what they're saying instead of like, what is that? I deliver something they didn't even want. So that's, I think that's a very critical value for uh, nonstop learning. So here I am now, specializing in a lot of innovation, digital transformations and system organizations. That is quite a journey. And as you were speaking, I was thinking a few things, continuous learning, which you've talked about. So I think that's so important. We, especially as you mentioned, as it relates to business. So um, I just interviewed Julie Levesque, who's the CIO at National Bank of Canada. And she said, you need to be bilingual. And she said, what I mean by bilingual is you need to be the IT, like an IT, have your IT background, but you have to be a business leader. So I totally Absolutely. get that from you. And then I love what you say about Bell because it almost sounds like it was so entrepreneurial, even though it's a large, big company. You know, you know, we've talked to Rexley and he had time there. I believe you know each other from there, but yep. sounds like it was just this entrepreneurial spirit where you could, you know, try things that you could do agile, you could, you know, pull things forward. So, um, and you're you're talking about the importance of that in your own learning and, and learning with your team. So I really appreciate you so much um, sharing all of that. Um, and when we last spoke, we talked about the CIO as the business leader and, and how, you know, you've worked across various industries, which also involves continuous learning when you're in a new industry. But that really, you said, helped you in your leadership role. So um, could you tell me a little bit about how you've used your knowledge across sectors to support that leadership journey? Yeah, um, absolutely. I have a very, very a great opportunity to work in different sectors, like you said, on the uh, uh uh, travel, um, tour operations, uh, airline, and also the educations and retail now. It really provides me a very dynamic aspect when I'm looking at things. So uh, through each company, I can allows me to deeper understanding of each industry about their business model, their uh, processes, their team engagement, customer expectation, and so on and so forth. Those really give me a great uh, uh, knowledge dynamics to me being as an individual. Um, so it, I, I usually pick and choose what's, well, modified solutions from A in industry uh, to the B industry uh, to applying the best practices. It's give me a lot of picture and and you know that's how I can drive myself to innovate and uh, drive new ideas uh, to solving the bit different business uh, problem or pain point. So uh, what it meant to me is it taught me to be agile, it taught me to be adaptive in the leadership style because I have to be. With that, like I'm not in the uh, industry for 25 years, like some other CIOs, but I'm jumping around in a few years, a few years, but that's really taught me to be agile, adaptive in the leadership style. And actually it gave me a very fast response in, in the market conditions, organization changes, technology per se changes. You know, and I can be a better cha effective change agent. That's really helped me to drive my leadership styles. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, also technology now runs across everything we do in every industry, right? So you have a really good understanding of, you know, for instance, 
you've worked with Sunwing, um, you've worked in telecom. So it's like, you know, now wireless mobile devices using, you know, integrated with the airline industry and customer satisfaction and all that stuff. I just can't imagine the wealth of knowledge you bring into each role you've done because of that aspect of working across the sectors. It must just be your, 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 your teams may love you for that reason, because you, you probably have just such a great um, insight into the needs of the end user and the customer and the stakeholder. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, and, and around that, I, you have managed teams globally. And so you've had the experience of managing teams globally um, and, you know, working within different cultures. So uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, about how you uh, manage teams globally and how you really manage them to drive productivity. Are there any tips you could provide to any CIO or senior tech leader uh, listening in on this webinar? Right. Yeah, I, uh, I did have the privilege of managing global teams. I, uh, I'm thinking back, I have managed teams in uh, North America, for sure, in South America, Caribbean, uh, China, Philippines, Vietnam, UK, India, all over the world as well. So you're absolutely right. You know, um, you know, a tool is important to support that. But I think the most important for me when learning is to understand their culture and respect their different cultures. Uh, so that we can drive the productivities. Uh, I think that's number one is very, very key. They're quite different. Uh, I'll give you a couple of examples because I have liber liberties to work in China back and forth for a good few years. So, you know, China, yeah, the, the, the internet, they boomed like about 30 years ago. And I'm sure a lot of people heard the company called Alibaba. So yeah, they started in 2000. Um, it created a very interesting dynamics and culture on the internet company in China all over. So they invent something called 996. So what it means by 996 is start at 9 a.m., finish at 9 p.m., and six days a week. So you do the math, it's about 72 hours a week. But that's just the basic. So I've seen people in the tech company bring the sleeping bags and you know weekends and even past 9 p.m. So it's very, very interesting, interesting culture when I work with the China team, uh, not so much about Alibaba, the, the influence of Alibaba to other technology company in China, but also they compensate by project-based uh, bonus structure. So they, they will get a great bonus if they deliver in time. Uh, with quality and also so on and so forth. So it's very interesting how we, uh, uh, um, you know, engaging Chinese China team, um, and also interesting. Uh, there's a great the uh, big telco in uh, China. Um, when I was talking to my friends, they said they create exactly the same team doing the same exactly the same thing in different country. So they will compete with each other. So let's see who survive. So that's also another very interesting culture when we yeah. work with China. Yeah. So, so that's one thing that, you know, okay, knowing that how can we motivate or drive the productivity based on that, right? So Linda, to say, I'm not talking about uh, North America because we all know about the North American the culture and stuff like that. You know, the Philippines, like they work with our time zone. So they have to work overnight, their night shift. Mm -hmm. to match our time zone. So mm -hmm. that's a different way we have to accommodate that. And, uh, you know, when you plan meetings and stuff like that, and, you know, day off and all that stuff, we have to plan it carefully to respect the culture and the time zone, of course. Um, you know, I've deliberately to work with South America and the Caribbean. 
they have definitely a different pace. I can yeah. tell you that's definitely a different pace. Um, so knowing all that, if we, we have, I have to manage a like global team at the same time, so I have to you know really juggle between the culture and most important, like I said, respect the culture of each different company and how to drive the productivities so that we can you know finish the angle together as a team. And so I guess as when you talk about being a tech leader and a business leader, I guess as a business leader, when you're driving teams and productivity globally, then you have to ensure that your global management team too understands some of the challenges or successes you may face or some of the ways you might have to navigate something like, you know, teams working against each other. Maybe that doesn't fit into the North American culture where we try and be a bit more inclusive of how we work and that type of thing. So I would imagine that create, you know, means creating a huge amount of planning around driving the teams to be productive. But again, as you mentioned, respecting the culture. And also communication to the business team as well, like you said, right? So there's sometimes there's time zone difference. Uh, sometimes it may not be instant response, not like the people within here. So you have to, you know, wait until the next morning until yeah. the people get up and answer those questions. So yeah, communication is also very important amount the business teams. Yeah, and that really ties into the overall business structure. So I really appreciate you. Um you talking a bit about that. Um, and so I wanted to talk about technology innovation and specifically AI, We're talking to a number of people about that right now. Um, but could you um, share your views on how AI is, you know, what you're seeing with it, what your thoughts are around it, and and really what you think the future impact or the present impact, the future is now, I suppose, impact of AI on business. If you ask that, this question a year ago, as compared to now is completely different. So I think the capability of the AI, uh, what we can think of, what you can do, uh, is totally different a year ago. And um, we, we are actually entering a new era of innovations. It, it's a literally impact all industries and uh, it, will, it will create efficiency, uh, productivities from all different angles. So, it is unavoidable. I mean, just looking at March and uh, there's so many apps and tools uh, on the market just on the AI, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just waves of tools coming, uh, like it's like tsunamis coming onto the technology piece. And uh, I think a lot of IT leaders are like uh, having a shock at that time as well. Um, so it's unavoidable. So we have to embed the AI into our digital transformation journey and stuff like that. But however, I think there's two points I want to make. One is we must to partner with the business team to drive this innovations and the adoptions of this particular uh, AI piece. Uh, it's not just an IT thing. It is a company business teams and driving it. So I think uh, we have to adopt fast, but wisely. So my second point was, you know, uh, the security piece. There's a lot of information from, you know, proprietary information, uh, sensitive information, strategies, informations that we may be exposing um, the company to uh, the public potentially. So there's a risk over there. So I think we have to, um, you know, act up fast, but really evaluate what best for the company uh, to adopting those uh, AI tools. But it's all unavoidable. Yeah, I appreciate that feedback. And, you know, that's certainly what I'm hearing is that, first of all, ad adapting it right across the business. So working with the other business leaders. And then the next thing you mentioned, which was like, and I was going to follow up and ask you about security, but ensuring that 
you know, from the security aspect, you know, it's, it's well um, looked at and planned for so that when you implement, you know, you're in a secure space. So I really appreciate you, uh, you answering that. So I have one last question for you. I call and I kind of call it my lightning round rapid fire question. Uh, and that question is, what is the future of IT? Um, as I mentioned before, I think we're entering of a new era of uh, you know uh, AI, and uh, there's there's just the tools were enabling us a lot of innovations, initiatives. Um, but I, however, I want to answer a slightly different different view. Uh, I want to look at the CIO role view of the future of IT. Um, first is I think the CIO role, CTO role, CDO roles they all become lingo together. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, uh, roles CIO, but expect to do CTO and CTO role uh, and vice versa as well. So I think the line between those CIO, CTO, CTO role will become blur and blur and become more and more one. So I think that's one of the future, I think I, uh, I've seen a lot more. Um, secondly, I think the IT leaders moving a little bit more towards the business driver seat. So it's not just about working with the business, it's actually become a business driver to drive you know, digital product, digital uh, transformations, and all the nine yards, right? So I think that's the second change I've been seeing, but it will be more and more. So that's, I think, the future of IT, at least from the CIO perspective. I totally appreciate that. Thank you so much, Alvin, for sharing that. And thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And if you're interested in viewing this videos or others to support the senior tech leader and CIO in their journey, we'll include this interview and a link at cio.com front slash CA. Thanks again.